1: This is a continuation of the series Blackmail, which is documenting the strong-arm tactics that church militant under the leadership of Michael Forrest and Christine Niles are using to silence their political enemies. Today, we're going to be talking about how they targeted Brother Martin Navarro. I have screenshots and emails that are going to shock you. You will not believe how much vitriol this young man has attain to himself from, uh, I'm not sure why. Let's walk through the timeline. Brother Martin, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. um, Today, we're only going to seek the truth and the defense to anything, including supposed alleged claims of defamation, are the truth. So we're just going to be showing the facts today because the facts um, are pretty damning for Miss Nia. She's a miss, right? Of course, she's a miss. I think so. Um, so let's walk through the timeline. What is your first interaction with Miss Niles?
0: I've never really had any serious interaction on Twitter with any, anyone on church militant, um, beforehand going through seminary. I mean, you know, church militant exists. You watch the vortex, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you don't do it. Of course, when any of your formators are around, because it's, it's an easy exit for you. Um, uh, but nonetheless, I, I, I knew of church militant very much supported their work and, and shared their links, all that kind of stuff to family and friends regarding you know the crisis in the church. Um, but I think the interaction started precisely because Christine Niles took a great offense that you, Mike, would start a fundraiser to know the truth. And she, I guess, made a, a Facebook post that she screenshotted um, calling you out by name, RTF, um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of defaming you in that sense which merited a just reply because, I mean, you, you have the right to defend yourself and what you're doing and that this isn't because you absolutely declare his innocence, but that you want to know the truth. Um, you made that absolutely clear in your video and on all of your tweets. Um, but in in her calling you out, there, there was another Twitter account that also shared with her the fact that you had helped me with the fundraiser earlier this year.
1: Okay, so you believe that the Eye of Sauron the uh, all-encompassing gaze of the world's uh, most uh, (laughs) capable investigative journalist fell upon you because of your support for my fundraise on behalf of the truth for Father James Jackson, FSSP.
0: I I don't know if it was so much for that, but the fact that you are now doing this fundraiser Someone had turned her attention to our previous fundraiser. and in order to discredit this fundraiser that you're doing her father Jackson.
1: And when she, you say our fundraiser, you're referring to the Oblates of St. Augustine.
0: Correct. Um, to buy a new house because we were homeless. Um,
1: we, we'll get she, into your we'll get into your fundraiser uh, here in a minute. I first want to show up this tweet in which she calls you a fake monk. Here she is in her from her personal Twitter account saying that you're a fake monk, Brother Martin Navarro. Are you a fake monk?
0: <laughs> Absolutely not. And actually, an article was just released by One Peter Five Today in which I wrote um, explaining and using the uh, quoting canon law and commentaries on the canon law to prove that what what I'm doing is, is permissible by by canon law. But also on Twitter, she I mean she called me a fake monk, and I gave her many descriptions of how religious communities start um, from St. Benedict of Nursia, the Desert Fathers in Egypt, to St. Francis of Assisi, um, Blessed Charles de Foucauld. but also the church militant is actually being sued right now because they defended another de facto association, uh, the Slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary in, in Richmond, New Hampshire. Um, you guys might know Brother Andre Marie. He was, he's on with Mike Church a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you were on with him yesterday. Um, my church's channel. Um, but they, I, I even sent her the link. I said, you, you've heard of a de facto association before. and in, in fact, you're being sued by one. Is Have you forgotten? But somehow, because we're so small and so poor that that disqualifies us of being legit religious. I'm sorry, but that's what religious are. We're small and we're poor. Um, it's not like everybody in the world has, has a vocation um, to the religious life. Of course, we're going to be small and few, but we're going to be dedicated and, and, and prayerful. Mm-hmm. And fulfill our mission and, and, you know, may God grant increase if he sees so, so fit. Um, because you obviously want this to to be his work, but, um, uh, it, it's, in, it's one of the major hypocrisies that they're, that they're demonstrating right now is, is to call us fake. Um, when, when, when in fact this is precisely what we're supposed to do canonically and, uh, spiritually.
1: Well, here's a tweet from church militant. Um, and it, and it's written in exactly the same style as Miss Niles, uh, likes to write that same chlorine style that she Mm -hmm. writes with. And it says, if you understand he's falsely portraying himself as a quote, Augustinian monk parentheses, he's not. And using that pretense to raise nearly $170,000 in donations from gullible Catholics for himself, you'd be thanking church militant for exposing it. So there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. I mean, you could you could go line by line and, I, and I, a phrase by phrase, and I think that we should. I mean, you are clearly not falsely portraying yourself as an Augustinian monk. Here's a picture of you with Cardinal Burke as an Augustinian monk. Here's a picture of you in active service at one of the colleges where you have lived before in full habit as an Augustinian monk. Um, We'll get to the de facto association and canonical thing here in a minute because I think that that is worth unpacking. But here she's claiming from the church militant official Twitter account. 43,000 followers. Yeah, she's telling tens of thousands of people that you have duped gullible Catholics for the benefit of yourself, and that church militant is going to expose it. What evidence do you suppose she has that any of this is true?
0: To be honest, I don't know, because, I mean, there's, there's many claims here. First of all, $170,000 to buy a house, we all know the housing market these days, that doesn't, that doesn't buy much for a religious community, especially if you're expecting five, six, seven guys to, to come in the future. Um, $170,000 does, doesn't go a long way especially when, when they helped out a fundraiser for father James Altman, who was able to, to put down over $200,000 in cash for a house. You know, um, the claim is, well, that's a lot for one guy. <laughs> Again, the hypocrisy, just they just can't realize it. They're, they're, they're immune to their own hypocrisy of, of recognizing this.
1: Well, let me ask you this. How many, how many uh, members, either fully professed members or postulants, or potential postulants who were seeking uh, to begin their postulancy with you, were you in touch with surrounded by even living with when you launched the fundraiser? How many total men are we talking about here within the next call it 12 to 18 months? So at the time of the
0: fundraiser, we had three guys um, and about three or four talks about coming. However, the whole reason for the fundraiser was because we were out of room and we needed room to grow. Um, however, I also, when she was calling me out on Twitter, how many members do you have? First of all, I don't want Church Millington knowing the people that are here precisely because of these tactics that they use. They'll go, they'll research people, they'll, they'll, they'll you know, backgrounds and, and family members will expose unnecessary things, um, which is precisely what we see in your email. So I, I don't want Church Millington to know the exact number that we have. Do
1: you do you believe that you have a duty to answer Christine Niles' questions on Twitter? Does she have the absolute right to be answered on Twitter by you in a public forum like that? You
0: know, Mike, we're we go, you know, every week we're on the rundown, and I'm like, constantly giving people updates about our community. Um, people can email me; they have our e- my email because of of the fundraiser. And anybody who is actually of goodwill, I have no problem giving answers to. It's when someone is harassing you and questioning you uh, all this kind of stuff like you know i don't have any any duty any responsibility to answer christine niles she has no goodwill i mean this is a targeted harassment campaign um it's illegal and you know she, she shouldn't expect us to defend ourselves whenever she she acts this way
1: why do you suppose and this is this is your total supposition here um this is you trying to Put yourself into Miss Niles' shoes uh, and try to understand what her motivation is. But why do you suppose Miss Niles would go to the mat for a de facto association of the faithful that she likes, but then accuse you of criminal activity on Twitter because you're a de facto association that she doesn't like?
0: Her strategy is to go after you, Mike, and to get you to, to submit to their demands by midnight. You'll do this, this, and this by midnight. They're going after the people that you care for. Uh, again, she saw my fundraiser, and that's when the Eye of Sauron turned on me and, and our fundraiser uh, that, we, that we did um, and started asking questions in that regard because otherwise I'm useless to her. You know, there's, there's no reason for her to go after me except for the, for the fact that you helped me. And she wants to go after you and destroy you. Um, And so she's going after anybody that you've ever helped.
1: And to to be clear, I helped you by hosting your fundraising video, which you produced, you wrote, um, and you launched the fundraiser. It was in your name. You're the beneficiary of all of those funds. Let me just ask you, I mean, just for the record, uh, because Miss Niles is accusing you of stealing money. She's accusing me. Of stealing money um she has no evidence of either one of those things have you given me any of the money that you raise with your fundraiser
0: not a single penny not a single penny
1: okay when you were living in florida you were have basically paying rent more or less uh in in terms of you were paying what expenses to for for what was otherwise an abandoned building actually
0: he- actually she 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 accused me of this too because she brought up my address which I've said before on the rundown etc cetera, etc cetera, is the address of an old Roman Catholic seminary a traditionalist group down in Florida um, the whole backstory of like I've even shared on multiple podcasts and so she accused me of, of of being some sort of fraud because of that but if she's just paying attention she knows is the fact that in the diocese I was in they they I, I left Actually, they closed the door on me and anybody else entering the Society of St. Augustine. It was going to be suppressed. They just said, okay, you members that are fully professed can continue living in here, but nobody else can take vows. I was about to take final vows, and so the bishop shut the door on me and anybody after me. The reason? Myself and another priest in the community were attracting too many traditionalist vocations, and the bishop didn't want a traditional community in his diocese. So, so when they,
1: You're yeah. one of the many victims who have been suppressed because of being a traditionalist. They had,
0: they had a, a a vortex of something earlier this summer with canceled priests and canceled seminarians. Mm-hmm. I am one of those canceled ones. But instead of, instead of crying about it, I'm going to do something about it and preserve my vocation. And that's why I started the Oblates of St.
1: Augustine. Um, the, 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 let's get back into the Florida thing here in a second. But I think now is a good time to talk about a de facto association of the faithful. You've been very clear about this in terms of how religious communities begin. It seems to me, though, that there are precedents in church history of men who would like to start an order deciding to go ahead and start living together, donning the habit, taking uh, the title brother, and that is the mustard seed out of which religious communities do and have always grown. In an age of traditionis custodis something Miss Niles is probably very happy about. That's just my guess based off of her public activity. Um, in that age, in a hostile church environment where traditionalists are regularly canceled, how else do you do it? How do you found a religious community?
0: It's a simple principle. You don't need a bishop's approval to get together and pray. Simple as. And so that's, that's kind of the... the the beginning of a de facto association, de facto meaning de facto, you know, on its own initiative. Um, A lot of mistakes that people make, I see come from the fact that when they look at canons regarding religious life, um, they go immediately to a section called uh, religious institutes and societies of apostolic life. But those canons pertain to the institutes of diocesan right and and higher over to pontifical right. That's like stage three, four um, of creating a, a big worldwide religious community. However, the, The canons that pertain to a new community come from a completely different section of canon law, which are associations of the Christian faithful. Um, Matthew Schneider, Legionary Christ, wrote an article uh, attacking Brother Bugniolo. Um, There there are legit reasons to attack him, but it was pretty hilarious when I was reading his article attacking him, and he was quoting the completely wrong section of canon law to to disprove that he was a brother. Another thing about the the title brother is that it's not an ecclesiastical office. It's an equivalent to mister. Uh, you know, you you meet someone on the street, and back in the day when we used to have manners, we we call people Mister and Mrs. And, and by their last name. Back when we had manners, um, and, and brother is just a, a, an equivalent to Mister, denoting that this person isn't isn't married but is living their life in a particular way. Uh, in the East, they actually take it a step further and call, and call monks Abuna, father. So there's no distinction in that sense from from a priest or a lay brother. They just call everybody father because they're spiritual fathers. But in the West, we have the distinction father and brother. The brother doesn't denote an ecclesiastical office, no ecclesiastical authority, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a mere uh, t- title. That's it.
1: Do you suppose that Miss Niles actually does understand this distinction, given that she is actively in defense of another de facto association, and she chooses willfully to uh, ignore or suppress the truth in uh, in her political attack on you, or? Is she just so sloppy and so uh, frazzled and uh, that she just uh, can't connect the dots? Is it a lack of intelligence?
0: Yes. Um, or very strong ignorance in the fact that she doesn't know how the church works. She doesn't know canon law. And she's trying to sell people the solution to the to the crisis in the church, which is how can which you is sell this?
1: Subscription to church militant, right? Exactly. Everything um. comes down to that. A solution. Mm-hmm. The Crisis in the Church is a subscription to Church Militant so that you can fund people flying first class to Baltimore, renting Escalades and shouting in bullhorns.
0: What's interesting is, is the community that she's defending ha- has been asked by their bishop not to wear the habit and to not represent themselves as Catholics publicly. The bishop um, in St. Petersburg, Florida, knowing of our existence, because I had a, a bishop introduce us to him, never explicitly f- forbade me of wearing the cassock. Um, there was a mutual agreement that we were trying to leave his diocese. Florida is way too expensive for a new community like us to live in. Um, we couldn't buy maybe even a shed for the 170,000 that we bought. So we had to leave Florida for that, for that sense. Uh, but even even the bishop there uh, contacted a ju- judicial vicar of another diocese who he knew would need priests. And he actually asked that judicial vicar to give us a call. And and we had a phone conversation, a phone interview. Mm-hmm. So not only have we, were we completely despised as a de facto association. Um, the bishop even did something extremely generous, far beyond that I ever expected because I, I did communicate to him that we wanted her to be exclusively traditional at mass. Um, in one sense, he, he gave us a nice gesture to help us along our way. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in a far better position regarding the relationship with, with, with bishops than the community that they're being sued for defending. And this is why it's, it's completely preposterous and ugly, uh, ugly that she's, she's calling us fake and she's questioning uh, the the small, really relatively small amount of money that new communities need. There's there's a group of Benedictines up in Spokane who are asking for two million. Yeah, you know, for a new place. I asked for one hundred thousand. Well, only uh, that,
1: the, the group in Spokane is one priest, one single one, priest, one guy
0: asking for two million
1: for two million dollars, um, which is only a fraction of the church militant operating budget in a given year. Um, you can publicly verify what their what they allow their financial reporting to look like to the public. Uh, anyone can do that. I've certainly have done that in the past. I'm not interested in doing that right now, but $2 million for one man uh, versus a fraction of that, less than one tenth of that you're saying for five or six men. Mm-hmm. And Christine Niles has become interested in you, not because she wants to defend you as a canceled and persecuted uh, cleric, potential cleric, but uh, because uh, she's she's interested in you because of Father James Jackson FSSP. Everything ties back to Father James Jackson FSSP. What doesn't she want people to know?
0: That's my question. You know, with that as aggressively as she's been attacking you and attacking everybody affiliated with you, et cetera, et cetera. Either they have extreme level of avarice, in the sense that they see money going to you you know, they start to drool in, in their mouth water and say, Oh, that money's not gonna be used properly. It, it would be better to start by giving it to church militant or something of that sort. They don't really care about you know, the the lay people that, that gave to you because lay people are I mean, they did call them all gullible. And I want people to know the church militant called everybody here gullible in the sense that they're, they're not intelligent enough to know where they should be spending their money. So we need to have fundraisers that are only church militant approved. Only church militant approved de facto associations. Only church mm-hmm. militant approved fundraisers. Only church militant approved podcasts. Everything has to be church militant approved these days. Well, why?
1: Now, when you served Holy Mass for Archbishop Cordelione, um at the Napa Institute Conference that Michael Voris was at... He sat at my table... <laughs> Did Archbishop Corleone call you brother? Yes, did, I explained to him. Did, I explained did, to him
0: that we were a de facto association, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's that's great." Um, let me serve mass for him. And at the end of the mass, um, he was walking out the back to say hi to the people that were standing back there waiting for him. He just turned around, looked at looked at me, and said, "We're behind you." Just it's two fists like that. Just we're behind you.
1: We're behind you. So Archbishop Corleone says he's behind you. Here's a picture of you with Bishop Athanasius Schneider at the CIC conference in Pittsburgh. You wait, you're telling me that you sat at a table with Michael Voris? Why didn't he call you a fake monk then?
0: Funny story. Funny story. It was it was the the gala dinner, the the very last one. I sat in the very back corner. Completely empty table. I was the first one there. There came a priest, Father Cliff. Came right. We had a great conversation the night before, so we wanted to continue our our conversation, our friendship, our acquaintance. Um, the next person to sit down next to him was someone who was part of the coalition for cancel priests, father John Lovell, um, sat next to him and then who comes to sit down also at our table is father James Altman. And father James Altman was saving a seat for a particular individual who happened to be Michael Voris. The whole table was full before Michael Voris sat down there, uh, which included the Bishop of Santa Rosa, California. Um, in which Michael Voris sat down and, and he even took a picture. So I'm I'm probably in that picture that, that Michael Voris has of us at the table at, at, at NAPLA. So,
1: But he didn't call you a fake monk when he sat with you. Oh, he
0: was very nice. He shook my hand. Um, we ate our food, drank our wine. Um, but no, he didn't call me a fake monk. He didn't really did, ask any questions.
1: Did Father James Altman call you a fake monk?
0: No. Neither did, did the other fa- priests that were there.
1: Did Father Lovell call you a fake monk?
0: Nope.
1: Did anybody at the table call you a fake monk?
0: Not even the bishop that was there.
1: The Bishop of Santa Rosa, California, didn't call you a fake monk.
0: He asked me where I was, what status we were, all that kind of stuff. So um, your status
1: came up over the dinner conversation and nobody raised an eyebrow or a question. Voris is sitting right there with you. Nobody. So how do how are we as, as faithful Catholics to reconcile the fact that you ate dinner with Michael Voris just a few months ago, explained your canonical situation over dinner with him in front of many witnesses... And now we have this tweet from Church Militant saying that you're a fake monk. How do, we, also, how do we reconcile that?
0: I don't know if we can. Of course, they have to give their stamp of approval to anything that's Catholic. And here, the people that are actually Catholic, priests who know canon law, et cetera, et cetera, none of them bat an eyelash. Um, but then that, that's that's the danger of church militant becoming the new papal magisterium, the new parallel magisterium um is the fact that if they don't even know church law how are they supposed to identify whether or not a religious community is a true religious community
1: where where does that phrase come from parallel magisterium
0: it's kind of the definition for being schismatic like the orthodox for instance have a parallel magisterium their own group of bishops that you know acknowledge their own authority separate from that of the pope um and so if they need their own canceled priests to to come together and and write statements against that those that are coming from the vatican in one sense, they're, they're telling the lay faithful that they should be looking to their canceled priests for authority as opposed, to, as opposed to Rome. And so there you have two competing magisteriums, two parallel magisteriums.
1: So your, your contention, your thesis is to get to me, they're willing to destroy you. And the reason they want to get to me is because why? They don't want the truth about Father Jackson to come out.